This is Michael Rosso, Alternative Cinema Podcast. For October 2014, the special Super Spooky Halloween show. And I'm really thrilled to have with me today Melissa O'Brien and Chris LaMartina. Hello. Thanks for having us, Mike. And it's going to be a great show because what you just heard was a little instrumental stinger, ditty, doodad of an upcoming album called The Vanishing Hitchhikers, Tales of the Hook. And it's, from what I understand, I haven't heard it yet. It's a super spooky album. (laughs) Super spooky. (laughs) Super spooky album. Uh, And it's exciting because... uh, uh, if you have listened to the Alternative Cinema podcast in the past, which, by the way, is the podcast for independent filmmakers and people who enjoy cult, super underground, super duper low budget movies, uh, if you've tuned in before, then you've heard Chris before because Chris has been on before. Hello, Chris. Yeah, a number of times now. Yes, and this is the first time that Melissa's on board. Hi. Yes, happy to be here. <laughs> Chris did. Chris and Melissa did a Kickstarter campaign mm-hmm. for this project, but that's. Really, I mean, Chris, you have done Kickstarter campaigns for your films as well. Yeah, this is the first time we did a Kickstarter for a non-film. So we, we actually raised the budget for um, Call Girl of Cthulhu, the film that you're releasing, and yes. a previous film, Witches Brew, a couple years back. So this is the first time we tried to do a non-film-related project. And folks listening might be interested, if you're a filmmaker or you know of filmmakers, most people know what Kickstarter is. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's, so it's crowdsourcing, essentially. It's like a fundraising. I'm gonna, next yeah. time I go to my mom's for dinner, I'm going to ask my mom if she knows what it is. That's a good, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if she will, though. I don't know. Should yeah. I call her? Is she hip? Is she waiting? <laughs> call, call her right now. Let's have a special guest. <laughs> uh, well, the, well, Mom, define is, Kickstarter. I know every time Henrik does a podcast with uh, Mike, he, like, they call me just randomly to ask me a question. So. <laughs> we do, we do. Uh, Kickstarter, for those who don't know, is a company owned by Amazon.com, and it's a crowdfunding website where you could announce a project and try to raise money to produce that project. Mm-hmm. And then the great thing about it is it's like, well, it's sort of like a big contest because uh, you have to raise your goal, whatever goal you set, or else you don't get any money. You don't get any money. Yeah. 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 So the stakes are high. Yeah. yeah. The, <laughs> the stakes are high, and I'm guessing that folks listening would be interested because maybe folks listening have been involved with or have funded Kickstarter campaigns for either music or films, filmmaking. Well, it's a, I mean, one thing that's really interesting, too, um, I actually spoke about a panel on um, Kickstarter and, and crowdsourcing stuff at the Maryland Film Festival. It's What's really cool about um, crowdfunding campaigns is that it basically gives you a community to talk about your film way before it's released. So you almost find an audience through people that are passionate enough to you know fund it or support it even in its infancy. So right. it's, really, it's really neat from like not only like a, like a, a fan perspective, but a, you know, just community perspective. Mm-hmm. And how much preparation has to go into uh, your campaign? And I ask because uh, you go into your campaign and you don't want to fail, of course. Right. So do you do any type of anything to kind of sort of fortify it so you feel so confident that you could launch it? Well, I know one thing that Chris really emphasized going into it, and this was my first Kickstarter campaign, but of course Chris has done several before, and a video really is essential oh. to having a Kickstarter. You you can't do a Kickstarter without a video. And even watching the video stats, like I thought it was remarkable that 30% of people who watched the video completed the video, because you expect a lot of people bail out, and that sounds like a really low number, but I know just from past jobs in publishing, looking at click-through rates and all that kind of stuff, that that's really, that means we had a pretty compelling video. And I think that's really important is having something that speaks to your passion and why you are doing the project and why you feel it's important, not just why you want the money, you Uh, know. uh, How do you know who, how do you know who watched the video completely through and who clicked? There's Google Analytics. Well, they have, Kickstarter builds in an Uh, analytics page. They have a page called the dashboard where you can see um, a graph of where your donations have gone through the period, who your latest donors were, Mm -hmm. those kind of things. Um, As far as um, how many people have watched the video or where donations are coming from. And the vast majority of ours were from Facebook. Yeah. But the funny thing is, too, actually the vast majority of ours from Facebook, too, for Call Girl as well. Yeah. Um, And and I can talk about, like, the Kickstarter preparation um, 
So for Vanishing Hitchhikers, it was a little bit different because this is like, we're not known for music. I mean, like I play in punk rock bands and stuff, but like Melissa and I have never done a project like this. We have no fan base that exists because of shows or, or you know, previous recordings. So this was literally just like, hey, we want to record an album of urban legend influenced folk songs. Who's with us? Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and, you know, who was who interested in hearing that just period. But with Call Girl, we had, um, we had people across internationally because of the Lovecraft name and like that were just intrigued in, 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 in a sort of horror sex comedy inspired by the works of Lovecraft. So that was a different audience for that type of stuff but when we did the pr- uh, preparations for that we had this whole idea that we'd have to come up with a campaign that had specific events so if like your filmmaker is doing something around a horror film or something that's like um, a little bit more exploitative you might want to think about and a little bit more higher level like if you're trying to branch out, out of, outside of your friends and family what I would suggest is finding milestones so you can promote different things like we started our campaign I believe on HP Lovecraft's birthday we did a video um, with my friend Matthew as um, an HP Lovecraft impersonator and we did this video that was released on his um, HP Lovecraft's birthday, and that was the launch of our campaign. And then every week we did a different video that was released to get eyes back on our campaign. We did a video where my five-year-old, at the time, five-year-old niece Harper, explained what Cthulhu was. The okay. next week it was the 2012 presidential election, so we did a campaign commercial for Cthulhu. Uh, another week we did a video where George Stover, an actor in the film, did a, um, a, you know, a call to arms. So we did these things to get eyes on our campaign. I think it's important, very important, when you're marketing something like that to stay relevant and do it in a fresh and exciting way. Um, consistently right that's the type of stuff that I think you know filmmakers need to remind themselves if you share the same link a million times it's not going to be beneficial let me ask you uh, now you have the dashboard and you can see what's going on outside of your circle of friends and folks that have supported you from your for filmmaking do you feel because are you guys is the Vanishing Hitchhikers like you guys the group yeah yeah. okay good we've got the Vanishing (laughs) Hitchhikers here awesome (laughs) now for Tales of the Hook do you feel because did this have anything to do with H.P. Lovecraft? No. So Vanishing Hitchhiker is like the, the, the archetypal legend is like, the, you know, the guy picks up a hitchhiker that ends up being this, the ghost of a woman that, that was killed. Right, well, let's save that. For a moment. <laughs> I think everyone has heard that story, but we, we can wait no, for no. the twist. So, okay, let's go back to okay. uh, Call Girl of Cthulhu, which is based on H.P. Lovecraft. Because that was H.P. Lovecraft, how many people do you think you picked up to help fund it that are outside... Are there any, like, H.P. Lovecraft, like, fanatics? Oh, my gosh, oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's insane. I mean, we got, we got global reach because of, you know, embracing the, the, the Lovecraft community. I mean, we got, we got probably, like, seven or eight different countries, like, outside the United oh. States. Yeah, it was, it was really, really wild. What, um, was, your, what was your goal for Call uh, for, Girl? For Call Girl was, uh, I believe, 25. And we raised twenty seven. Okay, and then you know um, Amazon takes a cut, and then um, yeah, they take all told between Kickstarter and the parent company, they take about ten percent. Okay, yeah. yeah. But the, I think that's a reasonable goal. I mean, for the movie, I mean, the amount of effects and like mm-hmm. set pieces and all the, the crazy things. When people see the film, it's like there's so much that happens, it has to cost that much. Yes. Even from a micro-budget perspective. Yeah. I mean, that's like, you know, what's well, funny, you look at WNUF, which costs like, you know, $1,500. Did you do a Kickstarter? No, we did not. Oh, okay. WNUF was something we did under the radar because like, you know, we, did, we, we sincerely thought, and that's just, this is just funny, we seriously thought like, who would ever like, <laughs> care about this movie? Which is funny because yeah, WNUF really did well. Right. So, yeah. like, it's just, it's just funny. So, for folks listening, following along, WNUF, first of all, Call Girl of Cthulhu is a film you did with Jimmy George. Yep. He is like a co producer. He's a co writer, co producer. Okay. And yeah. Melissa O'Brien, you are like one of the leads in Call Girl of yes. Cthulhu. She is mm-hmm. the title role. I am. Yeah. <laughs> the previous project, WNUF. Yeah. That was the actual previous film you yeah, made. Yeah, WNF Halloween Special, yep. Which is out mm-hmm. through, through you guys, Alternative Cinema. Cinema. Yeah. And uh, from what I understand, it's been doing very well. Yeah, I mean... It, People are buying it. It's really cool. I mean, WNUF last Halloween, it was, uh, it was so amazing. Like, I was on NPR National... Um, the, that afternoon to, to talk about the film, I was. You were, yeah, on was, Halloween, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I can go in the archive and find it. Yeah, totally. It was on a show called Here and Now. And, wow. Um, they, they talk about a couple of my films, but the WNF was the featured featured piece. I mean, it got me interviewed by New York Times, NT.com covered it. Vice, right? Vice covered Vice it. Vice did a long interview yeah. with me about it. And mm-hmm. the, it's funny, man. The guy from Vice, I believe, he saw it, and after he saw it, he called up his friend and called it the. Uh, Citizen Kane of found footage movies, which I thought was really sweet. <laughs> well, wasn't he the one who saw it at a screening in New York? And, you know, showing it in Baltimore, People the whole, know us. right, yeah. and the whole conceit of WNUF is that it's real. You know, is that someone taped this in the 80s oh. and is sharing it. In Baltimore, that's impossible to do because you see half your friends on the screen. But the <laughs> yeah. guy from Vice saw a screening in New York. And once you're removed from that scene, there were people in the audience yeah. who really thought it was real. 
Yeah. And you guys said that screening up. Yeah, Paige did that. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And people bought it, yeah, which it was, is really it was, cool. It was really awesome. <laughs> yeah. And it's cool too. Like I've told, I've had friends, like, this is one of my favorite stories. This was my friend Patrick, who lives in Ohio. His friend is like a, a huge VHS fanatic, like tape collector. And he like brings his friends down for like a like an October party and he says, Guys, I found this tape in the basement. <laughs> You've gotta watch it, it's crazy. And he puts in WNUF to try to trick them. And I've heard multiple people try to do this, but the thing as soon as Patrick sees one of our friends yeah. on the screen, he's like, What the hell is this? Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I I live the life. When I say that, I mean I, I worked for Comcast. Yeah. Local access. Well, Meadowland stuff is in the film. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So back in the day, so when I saw when I saw the film, but no, but as you say, once removed. Sure, sure, sure. That is exactly that stuff went on all the time mm-hmm. on local or regional cable TV. Totally. For fo- so folks listening, uh, WNUF. For the longest time, you know, I called it WFUN, right? It's, it's, it's all good. <laughs> well, it's funny that the reason why I even started going with, well, for WNUF in my head, the reason yeah. why we picked those call letters was one, in Baltimore, there's a station called WNUV. Okay. And um, when I would go home from school, we would come home from school and there'd be a um, Commander 54 Space Corps. It was still like a local kids show at the host, and I loved it. And then every Saturday, you do Nightmare Theater and, and um, what, was it? what was the other show? Creature Feature. And those would show Saturday afternoon. They wouldn't have a host anymore, but like, I loved WNUV. So when I wanted to do a, the, the takeoff, I was like, what could the call letters be and I found letters that weren't taken which was WNUF and, I, and I, in my head I imagined the local affiliate having shirts that would say I just can't get enough WNUF oh okay <laughs> maybe one day we'll make shirts know, or something that say great. that yeah, like a ringer <laughs> tee with that, with and, that dumb slogan and, and this is a film that initially alternative cinema was released on VHS in a very limited run. Yeah. It's done, right? Gone? That's totally done. I, mean, I don't know if there's talk about doing something similar like that again, but I mean, like, uh, yeah, it was, it was, I think, limited to 300, and they sold out very quickly. So, wow. So yeah. people out there who have it, they're, yeah. they're, you know. Well, I don't know if you, if you know about this, Mike. Even before we signed with you guys, we did this thing where, like, Melissa and I, we, we made VHS dubs, and we left them places, mm-hmm. like, just with the white spine okay. label. We would go to thrift stores, leave them on the shelf. We went to VHS conventions and just left these tapes In the places. bathrooms. Yeah. yeah. Threw them out the window. So I should car. expect someone else to release it soon? Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we were just hoping that someone would, like, put it on a torrent site. On, I mean, like, this is early on, obviously not now, but, right. like, but like to, to get people thinking this was actually real. Because mm-hmm. my whole thing with found footage movies and there's some good ones there's some really good found footage movies but the problem is Blair Witch is a found footage movie. yeah and I actually yeah. I think Blair Witch Project is a great movie um, and you know like you know, like actually Ed Sanchez who co-directed that film is a good friend of mine now um, is that right yeah he visited set to, for Call Girls yeah. Cthulhu while we were doing Hotel Week he was there and he, and he um, will he be popping in um, he's actually going to be at the screening um that were well, not when the podcast is done, but he's his film exists. His new Bigfoot movie is doing a double feature with us at the Spooky Movie Festival yeah. um, tomorrow. But is, we'll, is, is it a, a found footage? Bigfoot it is movie? actually. Yeah. yeah, he's done a couple found. He's done some non-found footage films. We actually, I worked on a film with him a couple years back called Lovely Molly, and I, I did some like light producing for their um, social media content. They call it transmedia because it's like storyline extension stuff. Yes. It's really neat. I was going to say the problem with found footage films is when you make one of these movies and like the sen- the, the the second a movie gets a barco- barcode on it, it's it's like, is this like really legit? Like, oh, this is some crazy thing that happened. Like, you're not going to release a movie where people actually die, if it, you know, commercially, right. you know, unless you're like, you know, releasing a Faces of Death tape. But regardless, you know, like, the uh, the, the conceit is ruined there. So we thought, how could you, how could you, you know, embrace that? And that's why we started doing the VHS model. Like, that's why we made that choice. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So then you did Call Girl of Cthulhu. That was shot. Um, can I guess in 2012? No, Call Girl was shot in spring of 2013, right? Yeah. 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 2000, yeah, yeah. We started, we, uh, we had oh, about, okay. it was a, it was a, like a one month of really hardcore shooting and then like, and that was April 2013. Mm-hmm. And then we had like a couple nights and weekends probably scattered into summer. It was like right. 40 shooting days when all said and done. I mean, you know, WNF is probably shot like, Five or six days, because it's like you know, it's it's, it's very much like right. a, like a live TV broadcast type thing. But Call Girl was way more involved, a lot more set pieces, like over 180 practical makeup effects. It's right. pretty crazy. I thought the film was, uh, if I had to coin it, I'd say it's Repo Man meets From Beyond. Oh, that's that's <laughs> man, that's an honor to be yeah, compared to those two movies. Yeah. <laughs> we just we re- we watched Repo Man like well yeah. a month ago. Yeah, yeah, I love that movie. Yeah. And From Beyond is great. Obviously, Stuart Gordon's fantastic. So this is a great time because we're talking about Call Girl of Cthulhu to mention that there are some upcoming screenings this month mm-hmm. in October mm-hmm. of 2014. If you're listening to this in our archive, you missed it. <laughs> 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 but some of these festivals, we're going to read off some festivals. You know, if, if this is in an archive, 
you know, let's say it's some other strange year. Let's say it's 2018 and you're listening. <laughs> Most likely these festivals still exist. So if it's around Halloween, you could look up these festivals and see mm-hmm. maybe, maybe a, we're new, there again. Maybe yeah. a new movie's playing. Just imagine you're there this time. Yeah. Now. Right. But on October, there were some screenings previously, mm-hmm. but from when this podcast will uh, first hit the uh, internet waves, uh, October 17th, 11.30 p.m., at the Erie Horror Film Festival. That's uh, at the Warner Theater in Erie, PA. And you could simply go to eriehorrorfilmfestival.com. That's Erie like in, I guess, the magazine Erie. E-E-R-I-E. And I, I used to read that as a kid. It was, yeah, that's it was great. a strange magazine. Yeah. It makes you feel weird. It's like, it was like Eerie and <laughs> Creepy were basically, I think, the same publisher, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, St. Publishers, Famous Monsters also. I did not know that, actually. Wow. Warren, Warren Publications. That's awesome. I know this is really off the beaten track. I was at the <laughs> 1974 Famous Monsters convention as a nine-year-old boy. Aww. That's awesome. <laughs> That's so it awesome. It was off the hook. Where was it? <laughs> at a Commodore Hotel in New York City. That's so awesome. Peter Cushing was there. Yeah. Forrest J. Ackerman. Yeah. And James Warren. Now, James Warren is the publisher, which tells you how far removed I am as an as a middle-aged man yeah. <laughs> from fandom. But remembering back, even as a nine-year-old, I mean, it really is fandom. I remember seeing the publisher, James Warren, who publishes Eerie. I mean, thinking, wow. Well, Mike, that's like when I first met you the first couple times. I was like, oh my gosh, the guy who runs EI. Oh like, my I gosh, can't believe please. I get to meet him. I'm, I'm, I'm being serious, though. I, I talked a little bit of this at our, at our, at our Alamo screening. That I'm we very did, flattered. But I'm like, that flattered. was a big honor. Like, I was like, that was so cool. I remember sending you tapes when I was a little, little kid, stuff I tried to get EI to put out. But, um, I remember I met I met um, I met Forrest Ackerman when I was like eleven or twelve at a fanex convention, and he extended his hand to show me a ring that he had. I guess he bought from this estate of Bela Lugosi. Okay, and he started quoting some you know Dracula lines and told me the like like how he got the ring. He was always consummate gentleman, always a really nice guy. He's really into yeah. it. Yeah, super yeah, into it. Really into it. That's awesome. They're nine years old, huh? Yeah, that's rad. It probably you know scarred me for my life. <laughs> or he it made everything possible in your life. I that's guess great. you can look at yeah. it that way. <laughs> I guess you could look at it. Uh, on October 25th at 8 p.m., the Horror Quest Film Festival, that's Cinefest Film Theater, Cortland Street in Atlanta, Georgia, and you can go to thehorrorquest.com. Uh, so if you're in that area, check it out. Uh, November 7th through the 13th, Buffalo Dreams Fantastic Film Festival. This is uh, on Main Street in Buffalo. It's the uh, Dipson Amherst Theater, and you could go to buffalo-screams-filmfest.com. And if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, that film festival is run by none other than Mr. Slime City himself, Greg Lamberson. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Slime City is a great movie. I uh, worked with Greg on doing the... The brand new HD telecine of Slime City about five, six years ago. Well, that whole box set is awesome. It's Undying Love is on there. Yes. And um, what, what, else is on, what else is on that disc? The other, um, Naked Fury. Naked Fury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a great movie. Yeah, you know, I, I, I really don't like to use the podcast to toot our own horn, but you're absolutely correct. There are so many gems in the alternative cinema, pop cinema arsenal of releases that Slime City collection is incredible. Uh, the basement collection, obviously, it, obviously yeah. unbiased because no, the basement is great. The basement yeah. collection, which was a, a Super Eight uh, feature film, which also includes some of the Gary Cohen releases. Yeah, uh, video violence. The, the video violence collection. Yeah. yeah, yeah, great fun, great fun. We watched. I remember last Halloween after we. Um, because we had stopped by to see you guys and we watched mm-hmm. uh, the base, parts of the basement. Yeah, a Halloween tale that segment. Yeah, I, I love it. Call Girl of Cthulhu also will be. For those in New York City or in the New York City area, November 14th, 7 p.m., the New York City Horror Film Festival. That's at the Tribeca Cinemas in New York, New York. And uh, that's really awesome. You can go to nychorrorfest.com. And uh, it passed already. I was present. I should also mention that it also screened at the Alamo Draft House yeah. in Yonkers, New York. The film is uh, really getting around, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's played. Was it like I think I think last time I talked to Jimmy, it's like sixteen festivals. Yeah, I think it was kind of like between September and mid-November. It's somewhere every weekend. Yeah. This is very exciting. if not if not more yeah. than one. Place. And we haven't discussed this uh, uh, like affirmed yet, but like I think we're going to be at the NYC Horror. Yeah, we're yeah, hoping to. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, yeah. And then we're actually uh, tomorrow morning early. We're going to fly out, and I'll, by the time the podcast is up, you'll it'll, it'll be passed. We're going to San Diego for the Horrible Imaginings um, mm-hmm. Festival. So you are. Yeah. 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 And what is that? Horrible Imaginings. So that's a uh, film festival out. I have Horrible ma- Imaginings <laughs> when I wake up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, a friend of mine, Miguel Rodriguez, actually runs that festival. He he um, he does a podcast called Monster Island Resort, and he does on this festival for I guess about maybe like five or six five or six years now. That, and that might be I might be buffering that a little bit, but he's he hosted screenings of uh, my film President's Day, and he's and he screened mm-hmm. Witches Brew years past. Yeah. And um, you know we submitted this year, and he and he loved it, and uh, we're we're playing there this weekend. And he sets up a theme for each day of the festival too, mm-hmm. which is really cute. Like I think it's neat. Like Friday, I think it's all zombies, and then. Saturday stuff about madness and that's when call girls playing and so he programs shorts and features trying to tie them together in mm-hmm. some way and where know? is this I think it's cool um, in, San in San Diego, Diego. Mm-hmm. oh my god you guys can get on a plane yeah we're getting on a plane at 6 in the morning yeah. so we're getting oh. on a plane in like 11 straight hours straight through we gotta stop over <laughs> we, have a, we have a layover in Nashville in Nashville yeah yeah, well, that's a good place enough. to lay over. Yeah, yeah. but for like an for hour, an hour, you know, we'll it'll the, probably be like running. We'll see the from scenic airport to another. of Nashville, yeah. Tennessee. <laughs> and what are those dates again? Uh, so that's this weekend. That's um, oh, this weekend. Yeah. yeah. So okay. Yeah. yeah. Fly back Monday, and then as soon as it's crazy. I mean, we have a crazy life. Uh, the uh, <laughs> we come back Monday, and then the next night, um, if you're in Baltimore, and well, this will probably won't be. It'll be time, over. But, um, on Tuesday night, I, I'm hosting the fifth annual Night of Scary Stories at the lineup space. Mm-hmm. Um, every wow. every October, I host a night of um, open mic scary storytelling at this this local bar yeah so i've seen you post on facebook and you've uh, occasionally just have written one line living the life living the dream living the dream yeah (laughs) so good man it is it's true it's true you're living the dream you're going here going there doing this doing that it's all for art yeah it's it's fantastic it really is amazing um before we talk about this great album which, by the way, is an album. I promise I will not like just go off into like, the deep end talking about my vinyl obsession. <laughs> you can, Mike. No, no, it. I, it's I, your I, podcast. I, I, thanks. My <laughs> podcast. I have to think about the listener, and I'm trying to keep our listeners. I do want to quickly go over some news, because then the rest of the show we're going to be talking about this great album. I'm thrilled to have here in the studio The Vanishing Hitchhikers. <laughs> you guys. Tales of the Hook. Is this one off, or are you gonna have more albums? We've talked about doing other stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. We talked about some different themes we could explore, yeah. or different genres. Uh, yeah. Really fast, I want to talk about uh, filmmaking. Uh, of course, Chris and Melissa, you may or may not know, I, you know, originally was a filmmaker. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen, I've seen you on my television set at home. That's scary. On, on what? Where? <laughs> was it Polymorph? Was it, or not? It was a. Uh, what did we watch? I remember watching oh, some bloodletting. Yeah, bloodletting. Uh, if I my memory serves me correct, there was like a big rickety van from New York, and in the van, this is like I guess like a uh, like you know folks that are really into that early DIY uh, mini DV movie making, mm-hmm. like the Tempe video. And yeah, it was like in the van was myself, <laughs> Sasha Graham, actress, Michael Ginkgold, managing editor of Fangoria. Uh, Scooter McRae, who did Shattered, Shattered Dead. Dead. Yeah. And I know I'm leave, leaving one or two people out, but it was like this whole New York van traveling to Ohio. Pete Jackalone, uh-huh, yeah. who did Psycho Sisters. And we were Tina Krause. So it was like all these people going to Ohio, and it was just such a great time. It's probably how you guys feel. It was like enthusiastic. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Totally. yeah, it's exciting. Well, it's, it's, exciting. Fun. it's, like, a, it's like a family, man. It, it was. was it was great. It's like a community. It's rad. Yeah. Uh, so, um, there's a company in Italy called Ferrania Film, and I just want listeners to know, because I know of our listeners, we do have some folks that shoot Super 8. You know, they are shooting little Super 8 films or inserts of Super 8, and I, I dare say, I don't know how many of you are still out there who are shooting any 16mm. But there is a group out there, any great film that was an Italian production from the 1950s and 60s, any of those great Italian movies were shot on Ferrania Film. It's basically Italy's Kodak. Mm-hmm. Ferrania Film, the new owners of Ferrania Film, are filmmakers, and they have this big old factory in Italy, and they're rebooting the factory, and they started, of, of all things, we were already discussing, Kickstarter. And they need to raise $250,000 uh, as of this taping, 19 days to go, but if you're listening, it's probably still alive, and they're making brand new Super 8 film and 16 millimeter film for 
filmmakers. Oh, cool. That's great. That's and awesome. uh, Melissa can't see it, but Chris, you can see. They have 233,000 of their 250,000 goal. So... I, don't, clearly, I think they're going to get it. I think yeah. okay. Clearly, yeah. somebody's interested. Yeah, people care. <laughs> yeah. It's like 4,157 people care so far. <laughs> so <laughs> I just wanted to mention, because folks listening, uh, you, you, can base, you can type in your, your browser, Film Ferrania. That's F-E-R-R-A-N-I-A, Film Ferrania Kickstarter in Google. The Google. And it'll come up to the site. And if you scroll down, you see, as you know, Kickstarter does packages. If you pledge X amount of dollars, you can get like a little kit with like a one or two Super 8 cartridges and 16 millimeter cartridges. And of course, I'm excited because I have uh, taken my cameras out of mothballs, <laughs> my Super 8 camera, my 16 millimeter Bolex. I don't know exactly what I'm going to do. But because I actually know some of the folks involved with this Kickstarter, I, of course, won't be, will not be obligated. But I will feel, I feel like, like we're brothers. And in a way, I'll be like, you know I'm going to load up my camera. Don't know what I'm going to do. You probably want to probably be like John Fidelius, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde in like a three-minute movie. I'm going to pitch you <laughs> The Basement Part 2. <laughs> so can, I, can, I, can I upgrade to 16 millimeters? I think so. I think if you, if you feel it, do it. <laughs> really? You can live the dream too, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I live that dream. Six, like 20 days of like 16, 18-hour days with no sleep. <laughs> I swear to God, there were days where I'm, I'm sure you've experienced this because mm-hmm. you made movies. Mm-hmm. Days where you have like you actually have dementia. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. <laughs> like you're shooting and you don't even know. Did you do the take? Didn't you do the take? Yeah. Was the camera running? Was the camera not running? You're just so out of it. Yeah. And there's people running around and people getting hit by cars. <laughs> <laughs> I was re- I was on a shoot a, a few weekends ago and uh, somehow the director got himself screwed up. We were shooting in the middle of the woods and somehow he got himself screwed up where he was doing the reverse of what he was supposed to. So he was recording in between takes, oh but gosh. then not recording the takes. <laughs> so, oh, like, that he kept hitting record, but in the opposite order. And so like captured just like the camera pointed at the ground or just so he like handed it and making a, a making of basically yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. when alternative cinema had an actual print magazine there was an uh i believe there was a section called low budget production hell i remember that yeah. where filmmakers <laughs> yeah. would write you know their war stories their war stories yeah. and if you're making out there making feature films i'm sure the worst you know regardless of whether you're shooting on film shooting on on digital it doesn't matter th- the, the horror continues. Absolutely. <laughs> On screen and off. Well, it's such an impressive feat to finish a feature that I respect anyone that can finish a film, like a feature film. I, I would like to just, um, there's some news really quick, exciting news actually, because, you know, t- I don't know, t- today, today's podcast, it seems like everything's kind of, just kind of tying together. We mentioned the Buffalo Screams Festival, headed up by Greg Lamberson, and a film that he co-directed called Dry Bones. Mm. It comes out uh, October 14th, 2014, and it's the newest horror comedy from author and filmmaker Greg Lamberson, Slime City. And Ain't It Cool News called it ingenious and a lot of fun. That's awesome. And I'm thrilled to say, I think I may have mentioned to you, this to you last time I saw you. You know, there's this, I think that the, 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 the dark days of indie cinema maybe things like the clouds are separating and the little sun's sure, coming sure. out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dry Bones uh, is going to be in family video. It's a That's chain. Awesome. It's one of the last, I would guess, wow. one of the last chains if anyone out there remembers a video store yeah. well we saw a couple of the family videos while we were in pittsburgh yeah that's yeah. right yeah. yeah different parts of the country still you know have video stores yeah. and a little more old-timey yeah so i'm thrilled about that and of course uh, a lot of our features have been showing up on uh, you know the new new f- fancy streaming sites <laughs> well i remember a couple of years ago when i was on the podcast we were talking about um and i can't remember who told you this because you were paraphrasing someone else and said we were in a period a couple of years ago where it was like in between drive-in and home video. Oh yeah, I said that. Yeah, and it, and it was like basically, you know, I feel like now VOD is finally becoming like a thing that people, you know, like embrace more because a couple of years ago it was in its infancy too much. I still have to ask the question of Mr. Sam Sherman, of course, Sam, producer of Dracula vs. Frankenstein, a film I saw on Channel Nine when I was a child and uh-huh. also changed my life. I couldn't even <laughs> believe it. I'm like, you know, it's like, oh my god, what is this? <laughs> This is so awesome. Yeah, yeah. Also, Frankenstein's Bloody Terror, released by... So Sam sold a package mm-hmm. to the local affiliate, affiliate mm-hmm. so that's why you see all these Sam Sherman The trailer movies. for Frankenstein's Bloody Terror is like the best. Yeah. So it's like life-changing. So I totally get it. I haven't asked Sam the question. Next time I talk to him, I will. Because there was that horror, that horrible period between the drive-ins 
and all the ch- movie chains being bought up by conglomerates. The, yeah, conglomerates yeah, yeah. buying all the local theaters, uh, drive-ins going out of fashion, also being purchased and closed down because the movies moved into the mall. No VHS. Yeah. So you're talking between like the mid to late seventies, like it's like a, maybe a five-year drought. Sure. Where sure. if you're an independent filmmaker, it's like, what do you do? Who do you sell to? Yeah. No one. You just cry. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, Sam. Or you get another job. Yeah. <laughs> Sam, Sam sweated out, and, uh, yeah. and we sweated out the great drought between DVD and digital, yeah. you know, and it's hard to believe. I mean, d- YouTube was launched in 2005. Yeah. I don't know if people realize that, how late to the, I mean, all this internet is still kind of new. Yeah. Really young people, that means younger than you guys, mm-hmm. don't <laughs> grasp it because they have no recollection before right. 2005. Mm-hmm. Right. To them, it's just, this is the way it is. Yeah. So I'm really, really thrilled that there's you know, opportunities out there, and I'm thrilled that Dry Bones is uh, achieving some success. Oh, it says right here, all leading digital platforms, e-commerce outlets, and the leading retail chain family video. Wow. That's wild. They're the leading fan, the, um, video store chain, too. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's probably uh, the only video yeah. store chain. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> On November 25th, Night Terrors. This is a film by Jason Zink and Alex Lukens. An indie horror fest calls Night Terrors an exercise in the slasher and gash of the 80s big box VHS. WickedChannel.com calls it hardcore on the gore and throwback to the VHS days of horror anthologies. I don't know how, you know, uh, do you guys keep up on, like, do you guys watch new releases or? Yeah, every once in a while. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. it's not like, it's funny. We have a we, we have a thing we call the Watch Me Box at yeah. home. That, we kind of uh, had to start that. If oh, people no don't kidding. realize this, like, most and I are a couple if you're listening to this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. But we came back from New York Scaricon. We, we lined up all the movies we bought on the sofa and I think we had come home with, like, 21 movies. movies, yeah. VHSs and DVDs. Yeah. We, don't even have, we don't have Netflix. I mean, we, we we have so many like a stack I used to I had to cancel it because we have so many movies to watch physical movies to watch but we, I, we still buy new stuff pretty consistently yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm a collector it's you know it's, a, it's an addiction so. you guys collect <laughs> yeah okay yeah. we got a lot of stuff yeah. <laughs> uh, looking in the crystal ball here the AC crystal ball I see February around Valentine's Day the case book of Eddie Brewer this is a winner of six international awards including best picture and best actor the case book of Eddie Brewer is a terrifying supernatural story in the vein of The Conjuring and The Awakening with an epic performance by lead Ian Booker he stars as Eddie the investigator haunted by personal grief possible actual ghosts as he struggles to remain relevant in the awful often faked media and reality TV world. It's all about staying relevant. Yeah, Absolutely. We were talking about that. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I would like to mention, end of this month, if folks in the New Jersey area, is the Chiller Theater Horror Expo. Have you guys been ever? I've never been to Chiller. I haven't, I no. Uh, it's the biggest and longest running horror and B-movie event. Uh, wow. Meet filmmaker and author Gregory Lamberson at the Alternative Cinema Table. And uh, you could get them to sign a copy of Dry Bones and sign up for our guest list. This this convention also has like like super crazy kooky like I don't know what they're having this show, but it'd been like Brady Bunch reunion and <laughs> Charlie and the Chocolate Factory gang and like you'll go there and it'd be like I Dream a Genie like Barbara Eden will be walking wow. around. It's like they have major major celebrities. It's like a weekend of craziness. <laughs> you know, I mean, where else can you you know? Leave your hotel room, get in the elevator, and there'll be the dude from The Shining. Yeah. The bartender from The Shining. <laughs> Could be in your elevator. Right. And it's funny. There's know, only one way to find waiting. out. You just, yeah, yeah. yeah you see, you're there in the elevator, and you like, slowly you turn your head. Like, and you turn it back. You're like, to yourself, you're like, holy shit. Now, if you, now if you see Scabbing Crothers in your elevator, that just might be the ghost of Scabbing Absolutely. <laughs> if you're still alive, we're sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we're sorry. Stay relevant. <laughs> Hey, November 1st and 2nd, Alternative Cinema is in Toronto for Horror-Rama, a new fan show from Fangoria Magazine and leading indie retail and rental store Suspect Video. Meet filmmakers Brett Kelly, My Fair Zombie, Homicycle, and Spyfall. You guys know Brett? I love Brett. Great. And Gregory Lamerson. Other notable guests include Barbara Steele and Patty Mullen. Oh, Patty Mullen from Frankenhooker. I love Frankenhooker. It's a great movie. And Barbara Steele, of course, from, is it Black Sunday? Yep, Black Sunday. Yeah, that's an awesome movie. Yeah. 
That's so, great. She's still doing conventions and stuff. That's yeah. awesome. So if you're up in Toronto, please do check it out. Uh, it's called the Horror Rama. Is there an associated website to that? Anyone know? Oh, you could try horror-rama, R-A-M-A dot com. Or just, you know, go to the Google. The Google. <laughs> we're going to... Uh, and that's it for the news. We're going to... We're going to... Uh, we're going to come back really quick. When we come back, we're going to have a, a, a song from the new album. What song do you think you guys want to do? I think first we're probably going to try, what, Lover's Lane? Yeah, that cool. sounds good. Okay, uh, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll hear Lover's Lane from the Vanishing Hitchhikers from their new LP, proudly say that, Tales of the Hook, and we'll be right back. This program is brought to you by Alternative Cinema. Your online source for independent DVDs and video dedicated to the enjoyment of independent and underground movies that range from the brilliant to the bizarre and everything in between. AlternativeCinema.com Hey, this is Michael Rosso from the Alternative Cinema Podcast here to tell you about KillerReviews.com That's right, KillerReviews.com Greg Dumont, you know, our pal, Greg KillerReviews.com And the Killer Reviews Podcast That's right, fans of the AC Podcast will love the Killer Reviews Podcast KillerReviews.com Reviews, blogs, a forum, film finder The KR Store, Girls of Horror The Graveyard, Interview, Articles, Horror Arcade Should I go on and on and on? If you like cult movies, spooky horror, or girls in bikinis, KillerReviews.com. The podcast, the site, be there. KillerReviews.com. Check it out. Hey, I'm Noel Anderson, cartoonist, radio announcer, and AC podcast wannabe. Now that's just sad. It's sad, and it's pathetic. I know. I've diabolically insinuated myself into the AC family by producing the first ever seduction cinema comic book. Oh, very sexy. That's right. Playmate of the Apes is now a comic book. For more info on my ridiculous artwork and how it can be used to promote and market your movie, go to GoofRoof.com. GoofRoof.com. Want me to draw you some dirty pictures? GoofRoof. You want to see what other filth I've drawn over the years? What a dirty, filthy mind you've got. Goofroof.com Hey, we're back. The Vanishing Hitchhikers are here. If if you have been listening or if you, I don't know, been doing the dishes and have been listening (laughs) closely, they are Melissa O'Brien and Chris LaMartina. Uh, And they're going to do a song called Lover's Lane from the upcoming LP, Tales of the Hook, which we're going to, don't go away, we're going to hear all about in a, in a few minutes. So, <coughs> Whenever you guys are ready. Cool. Let me just uh, make sure get, I got get. the sleep part. All right, cool. I just want to make sure I remember that. I'm going to fuck that up. I know it. That's okay. <laughs> the magic of live podcasting. All right, cool. We good? Yeah. Should I do like... like, like, like Ooh, Please do. Yeah. Oh, it's spooky. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> it's like there's a ghost. Like a ghost. <laughs> All right, you Mike. Okay, yeah, I'm good. I'm not gonna say anything. Okay. That'll be really awful. You can if you want to. <laughs> if you get into it, <laughs> yeah, if the spirit you moves you. <laughs> yeah, I got this tambourine for you. Wind over the dashboard Pass along some oak trees The wind whistles a chill With your hand on my knee I can't sit still The darkness of the woods The damp cold air Turn the engine off Run your fingers through my hair Lock the door, roll up the window, your body feels so warm, turn down the radio.
your breath on my neck heats the autumn eve. Don't stop to check the rustling of the leaves, a scratching at the window as footsteps become plain. It seems we're not alone on lovers' lane. The darkness at the door, clawing to get in. Slivers of moonlight, illuminate a grin. Start the car, get back to the main road. Guided by the stars, turn up the radio. I'm not used to playing acoustic guitar. I usually play <laughs> punk rock. Uh, folks listening, I've, this is the first time I'm hearing this. And I, I tell you, I love it. Awesome. <laughs> Thank <Thanks>. you. <laughs> it just sounds good. <laughs> wow. And I'm going to be able to play this on vinyl. True story. You are. <clears throat> I didn't know anything about it. I just saw uh, your posting on Facebook whenever mm-hmm. that was. I guess it's months ago now. Probably like, what, August? August or yeah. September, yeah. Yeah. And I clicked on it, and as soon as I... I mean, I thought it was a, a really awesome, you know, Kickstarter campaign. And I was intrigued, because I really didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. Because you really didn't have... You didn't have any teasers of the music, did you? It, that, wait, so just the, some instrumental, and I guess a tiny little Just in the promo bit. video. Yeah. We, 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 mm-hmm. we never did that anymore. No, yeah, we didn't. So maybe we should have done that. Maybe we got more donations. No, maybe. <laughs> so, um, the Vanishing Hitchhikers, that's... Who you guys are? Mm-hmm. How did this project? What's the inception? How did it come together? So we just we we both do a lot of things artistically. You know, we met making Call Girl of Cthulhu, and I come from a long theater background, and Chris plays in a couple of bands, and I've done a lot of singing on stage, and singing is something that is a huge love of mine, and I been talking for my part just about how much I missed it and how much I'd like to get back to it. And then Chris simultaneously had always wanted to make a record. So we started talking about just writing some songs. We actually have a song that we started writing pretty early in our relationship that we still haven't finished. Yeah. So we just started kind of playing around and writing music together. Um, and that was like almost like a pop, like a pop song essentially. Yeah. And it's yeah. Totally different from this oh, it's totally different. Yeah, and, yeah. and then we just started talking about I guess it started taking shape as our mutual love of urban legends and of spooky kind of stories. And it just became um, then our goal was sort of to think about urban legends that had a romantic aspect to them that we could do something really atmospheric with. Chris started writing guitar parts for it and we tried writing lyrics together. Lover's Lane, which is a song that we just performed, was the only one that we wrote side by side, line by line together. But we found that that was just really hard creatively to go back and forth like that. It just takes a really long time. Um, And, you know, both of us are part of what makes us artists is that we're sensitive so it's hard to sit next to someone and say, oh, what about this line? And have them go, oh, that kind of sucks. Um, <laughs> so what we did for the rest of the album is one or the other of us would do a first draft and then the other would, would edit. make edits yeah, and yeah. suggestions. And, and whoever wrote the first draft would also come up with the, the melody, the vocal line of the music. Yeah. And is each song, the one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, six songs. Yeah. Six songs, yeah. Uh, is each song have uh, is based on mm-hmm. a yeah. different urban yeah. legend? Yep. Every one of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, the, so the lovers' lane is obviously about the the hook hand, you know, the hook in the side of the door. So, that's so that's people about. who know urban legends like will know what's going on. Yeah, they should totally. recognize them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Will there be any like, uh, like a cheat sheet online or in the? Album? So I mean, the the lyrics are in in the record, um, but there's not there's. I mean, it, I think it's if you're if you're even remotely introspective, I think you'll be able to figure it out. Yeah, I think yeah. I think most of them. There's the there's one that we found um, that I wasn't familiar with, which is about a woman who's at a dance. 
and everyone's staring at her dancing partner and she's just so caught up in the moment. But the, the legend is that it's the devil at this dance. And then the band starts playing a hymn and the devil just bursts out the window and breaks the glass and runs away. So we have a a song based on that, which I wasn't familiar with Mm -hmm. that legend before we started doing some research. And some are slightly different. Like the, probably the next song we're going to play is, um, is about, it's, it's almost more of a scary story than an urban legend, but it's about, um, a, uh, wedding actually about, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Game of hide and go seek at a wedding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's it called? It is called "Till Death Do We Part." Right? Yeah. You gonna do <laughs> yeah. that now? Yeah, let's do it. Sure. Oh wow! Okay, right. great. We kissed at sunset, orange skies and a white dress, groom and bride side by side. With a toast and a lifted veil, so begins this tragic tale, you will seek and I will hide. Cut the cake and break my heart. Call my name out in the dark Search high and low Look through and through Locked in tight, sealed with a kiss Hidden in young lover's bliss Search high and low Look through and through Till death Do we till death Do we till death do we part? Years went by, yet grief remained. The knot untied, but passion chained. Up in the attic sat a chest. All along in the very home, in that trunk were the bones. Truth be told, now I can rest. Cut the cake and break my heart Call my name out in the dark Search high and low I am here with you Locked in tight, sealed with a kiss Hidden in young lover's bliss Search high and low I am here with you Till death Do we till death do we till death do we part? Cool. <laughs> so, and it's, what's interesting too is doing this is we've never played these acoustic really because like no. in the writing these all these are full band songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, on the only record, time we played acoustic was to practice to practice them. Like yeah. That. So on the record, I play guitar, <laughs> bass, and drums. Yeah. So yeah. And I, yeah, yeah, so I'm a way better drummer than I'm a guitar player. <laughs> I think it's good. Yeah, we had we we had a friend approach us about playing a show, and uh, we were both kind of like, oh, but it doesn't like it doesn't sound like it does yeah. on the record, you know, because we'd have to have three curses. Because <laughs> first time, so to me, this I'm like, oh, it sounds great. Like, yeah. I thought maybe this was an acoustic album. No, no when no, you listen to that, it's yeah. it's guitar, bass, and drums. So one guitar and, is acoustic yeah. guitar, but there's a full band, and there's an electric overlay with yeah. lead parts. Like these songs have lead parts that I obviously can't play while I'm doing the chords. Yeah. <laughs> Where did you learn to play all these instruments, Chris? Um, so I'm self-taught. Actually, I'm self-taught on guitar, bass, and drums. Uh, like my sister taught me how to play power bar chords, you know, power chords, punk rock. And then my sister had a drum set growing up that essentially I just like broke all stuff all the time and she was if you want bass lessons i can at least tell you you know some simple chord progressions (laughs) (laughs) you too can play ramon's songs (laughs) did you ever learn to read music um i can read a tiny bit of piano but i'm not i'm not very good at piano what's your your, you're in other band what's the other band so i play drums in a punk rock band called pure junk um i don't know if any of the listeners are into punk rock um our singer nolan was in a band called double dagger a couple years ago that had a pretty decent following and then i used to sing for a fast hardcore band called charm offensive but we haven't really played in a while is there any vinyl 
Um, Pure Junk is going to have a 7-inch coming out uh, probably in the, in the winter time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. in time for my new podcast, the Vinyl Record Podcast. Is there that true? Go. <laughs> really? At least going to be a pilot. <laughs> <laughs> that's killer. I love it. Yeah, yeah. wow, that's great. <laughs> now, uh, we're going to hear one more song, but we're going to save that till the end. Okay, okay. sounds good to me. Uh, I just want to talk really quick about the process here. When did you decide that this was going to be a vinyl record? Man, that's a good question. Do, we yeah. definitely wanted to... We started, we started writing the songs in, what, last December? Yeah, I think so. But we, mm-hmm. we, the problem is we had so much stuff going on. Like, I was editing Call Girl and like finishing oh, up that yeah. stuff. That it would be and like, I was working... I was uh, co-directing an, a rock opera at yeah. the time. So we'd come home and, you know, Chris would be editing all day and I'd be doing stuff with that show and we'd come home and be like, right, we got to work on these songs. Yeah. <laughs> we basically wrote, like, a song maybe, like, once every couple weeks, yeah. essentially, when mm-hmm. we had time to. So mm-hmm. it, was, it was very, like, sort of piecemeal style. But we started doing that and then we recorded it in, what, March? Did we do it in March? No, because we... We're still writing songs when we moved to our house. So June, in we May. recorded so it. So June, we recorded wow. it. So we went in there. We went in there three. No, no, no. So I went there to record the drum tracks first, and then I went back the next week to do, um, I believe, bass and guitar. Yeah. And then we went another time to do vocals, yeah. and then we went a couple times to do mixing. Yeah. So, yeah. so you might be right. You might you might have started recording that stuff earlier. But yeah. Yeah. Did you have your finger on the pulse of like, oh my god, vinyl's cool? Every rock band's putting out vinyl. <laughs> well, well, it's funny. Like I don't like I don't know if like growing up. I mean, like when I when I I, mean, I had a record player when I was like fourteen. Because all the punk bands I like, listened to and hung out with still put out records, yes. you know. But it's mostly like seven inches and stuff. But you know, like like I mean, some people put it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, well, it's like for me, it's like getting into music probably like, late nineties. But like. Um, I've always wanted to put out a record, but it's like it's expensive, yeah. you know, and that's why yeah. we did the Kickstarter campaign because mm-hmm. it's like I don't think we could have swung it if we didn't have that. Yeah. So, do you have a feeling that deciding to go on a vinyl format, like, kind of took the project and put it over the edge of coolness? Like, oh my god! Like, otherwise it'd just be an album on CD. And- well, I think that's one of the reasons why I think it took a little bit more passion and conviction to do it that way, and yeah. it made it more special. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think too that it's and that's something that also the subject matter I think lends itself to vinyl to you know putting on a record and listening to a song about urban legends. There's you know, a romanticism. Just, there is. Yeah. There really is a, a, a romanticism to it that I think and, isn't the same as if you pop in a CD. Yeah. And folks in your social circles, how many of those have uh, turntables set up? I'd probably say a large percentage. Yeah. 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 I'd say I, definitely a majority. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like like you know you know we're all weirdos. Yeah. yeah we're all yeah. weirdo collector types. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> My guests today they're young adults. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm drawing energy off both of you. Right now. Good, good. That's good. I love it. <laughs> we got a turntable and then like went crazy buying records. Like yeah. every weekend we were out buying records, right. either at a record show or some of the shops around here. Just like because it's fun. There's a sense of discovery with records that I don't think you get. Um, like buying it, music in other formats. Yeah, it's like when if you buy something on Amazon or if you buy somewhere where it's like you just find something and you 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 hunt. Like it's like there's a, a thrill of the hunt. With yeah, the or just find yeah. just stumbling upon something totally weird. Like yeah. I stumbled upon this like '70s musical. It was a sealed record, and it was called "Let My People Come," and it was a sexual musical. And I was just like, "What is this? I have to buy this!" Yeah. Like I've never heard of this. Yeah, I think my favorite find <laughs> in regard to that was we got we have a spoken word record called "Sex Is." my business and it's literally just first-hand accounts of prostitutes from yeah it's just interviews it's just great. like just telling stories yeah. it's really neat it's so cool yeah that's Great. the stuff um that was i where was that one was that at um i don't know if that was at the arbutus i think it was at the arbutus yeah yeah. Show. So. yeah yeah i mean what i personally collect is scary story stuff like i definitely like this um i don't i'm sure something like this exists i don't know about it off the top of my head i know we have a book uh, i mean we got a record a couple months ago of um Supernatural themed like Irish folk songs. Yeah. That was really cool. And that was like a big purchase for us that too. Like, Cause like yeah. usually we like we look for Couple stuff. Bucks. Yeah, like, like those because yeah. Yeah, we're like looking for weird stuff. And then that was like twenty five or thirty dollars. Yeah, and we're we like, I it. don't know. Yeah, okay, was, uh, oh yeah, totally from yeah. the seventies. Oh, it's great. Yeah. It was so worth it though. It was yeah. So good. And, um, we I don't I mean I've never found it anywhere else I've never mm-hmm. seen it anywhere else but yeah. I mean I don't know I I'm not, I don't remember the name of it. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. right. 
I mean, we definitely have a ton of scary story records. Like we bought um, we bought like some old Boris Karloff scary story records yeah. a couple weeks back, mm-hmm. and um, also especially since um, Sleepy Hollow, um, that's where I um, proposed to Melissa. Like I try to get any copies of different of Legend Sleepy Hollow yeah. audio audio books or audio records, I should say, mm-hmm. anything like that. I always pick up just because it's neat. So stuff like that. Yeah. So now that the Kickstarter is here and gone. Mm-hmm. And when do you expect to ship out your records to Alien? So we wanted to do it before Halloween. My, our concern is we might not have the, the actual records back in our possession. Yeah, I think it's likely that we won't. I think, I, I think we're looking at probably mid-November. Yeah. Um, but it as might far be sooner. We'll out. see. And then, we'll see. so we have the Kickstarter. We have people who, um, who donated at certain levels where they get records. And then we have a bunch, too. So, so yeah, people so can look us, us up. Yeah. yeah. So once, you know, now the Kickstarter is over, whoever's who hears this podcast or sees something online, how else can someone purchase the album? So I guess, I mean, I don't know. You guys want to stock it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, alternativecinema.com. Yeah, you can tell oh my yeah. Of course, you can, oh, abso- wow. you can absolutely stock them, Michael. Because we haven't thought that far well, yeah. yet. No, we, we, have, talk, we, we have friends who own a, a store called Bazaar in Hamden, and it's amazing. It's taxidermy and oddities and things like that. Well, you guys so don't think about barcodes. Of we, course. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we, we wanted to ask them about stocking it, but that's as far as we Yeah, really and we're just going to put it in some local record stores and just give some copies to people like yeah. you know, who are like, you know, yeah. deal records. But I mean, if you guys want to stock it, you're more than welcome wow. to. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll chat. Yeah, okay. All right. Talk. Sounds good. Great. Uh, <laughs> folks listening, you can write to us and we really do want to hear feedback from you. Uh, podcast at alternativecinema.com You can write an email. And we will respond to you. I promise to check the email account after this podcast airs. <laughs> and uh, I must hear from you folks, especially you, Scotch Anderson. You are still listening, right? I hope so. <laughs> yeah, personal shout out. So. Yeah, personal shout out. Uh, well, Scotch works at uh, 102 up in Fargo, North Dakota. So and he re- drew the Playmate of the Apes comic book. He did. Oh. And the Spider Babe. Yeah. And he he is uh, on air talent for a real drive drive time radio, so cool. that's awesome. We're just about out of time. We're going to do one more song, uh, and perhaps maybe we could do this again at a later date. Sure. Uh, to kind of, I would like to hear about maybe next time you guys could bring the actual urban legends, or we Ooh. could do a story. Yeah. We could do a podcast. Really about urban legends. That'd be cool. Because they're so cool. Yeah, absolutely. And then, of course, I could bring in some of my books when I was a child. I used to buy from the uh, Scholastic Book Club. Oh, Oh, I'm familiar. They would have these books, like Tales from the Midnight Hour. Oh, my gosh, dude. It was, it was J.B. Stamper, I think, those books are. Uh, you're probably yeah. right. Oh, I and I would read them, and like, I would like, be under the covers as a child. Like, this is so funny. Literally, I remember like, in probably middle school, I would go in my backyard. I had this tent I made in my backyard, and I would light a candle this, like, like, every like, fall when I was right. like, a little kid, and I would read those books by candlelight in my backyard. And every single story, in a pod. Every single story <laughs> so I would like cute. to make a, f- a movie out of. Like, I'll tell you one really fast. No, no, no. Take your time. <laughs> Girl goes into a bookstore, and she finds on a dusty top shelf a puzzle, but the, the picture on the puzzle is worn off. You know this one? You don't know this one. So she, she's like, oh my god, it's a puzzle. I don't know what it is. I'm going to buy it. She buys it from the creepy old man who probably looks like Peter Cushing. She brings it home, and it's like the author paints this picture of this like creepy room with like a window. So she's sitting in front of a window, and she's putting the, she's putting the puzzle together. And slowly she starts like like looking at the puzzle because she notices that things start looking familiar, and it's 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 her in the room where she's sitting putting the puzzle together, and as she builds the pieces, the only thing different is when she gets to the window, there is like a re- I'm getting I'm getting ugh, so I'm talking about there was a mo- creepy looking like skeletal monster peering in at the window. And then she slowly turns, and it's there. Ooh. Ooh. Imagine reading it like... That's spooky, yeah. That's spooky spooky. now. (laughs) And all the stories are like that. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm going to find the book. (laughs) Please do. And then we can turn out the lights and read the stories in the dark. (laughs) Candlelight podcast. Yeah, Yeah. I'm into it. Luckily, yeah. my, my parents are pack rats, so they save this That's stuff. <laughs> so this is great. So. What, uh, what's the last song we're going right, to so do? I think the last one we're going to do is uh, Graveyard Angel, right? Yeah. Okay, Graveyard Angel, great. I know, I need to remember where I come in on this. 
had gone to bed The girls had said their prayers The girls snuck out the window The girls had taken a dare By the edge of the forest Deep among the dead In the thick of the graveyard The youngest would rest her head The stone arms of an angel Held her tight through the night When they found her body Her hair had turned to white Wow, that's crazy <laughs> I am so excited about this. It's called Tales of the Hook. What if you Google that? Uh, if you Google that, I bet you'll probably get. Uh, you'll probably get maybe the Kickstarter page. Even um, it was well, the one already? thing I'll say that the Tales from the Hook actually, like personally, I came with that because that is one of the chapters in Dance Macabre, the book that Stephen King oh, wrote about yeah. um, the horror genre. Exciting! I'm really, I'm really thrilled. I can't wait to get a hold of my vinyl copy. Or maybe your test press, Mike. I know. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> now, am I allowed to pass this along to like a friend? Sure. Yeah, please do. Great. Okay. Once I get my vinyl, of course. Yeah, totally. Of course. Of course. Yeah, I get it. So. <laughs> That's great. I'm really, 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 really glad you guys, uh, you know, decided to come on. And by Thank the way, I guess this us. this uh, actually fulfills your obligation for my Kickstarter perk. Oh, it does. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I guess so. <laughs> I was a, I was a, you know, what do you call it, a high roller. Yeah, yeah you were. Yeah. We, we very yeah, much we appreciate that. Yes. I went for the, you know, show up at your door and like sing. Yeah. I was like, whoa, so I want to see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's really awesome. Uh, so folks out there listening, thank you very much for joining us. Oh, Melissa, thank you very much thank for coming you. down. Thank you. Chris, welcome back to the show. Yeah, thank you so much for great, having me again. Great having you on, uh, like a different artist hat yeah yeah it's really great <laughs> it was fun uh, podcast at alternativecinema.com and I hope everyone has a really spooky Halloween and uh, what do, you, do you guys want to go out with like even if it's just instrumental like a little ditty I can probably do some let's, uh, let's see let's see what I can come up with here <laughs> and we're gonna you know see you next time Ha, ha, ha.